welcome back to another Beach Cop Detectives interview with the writers, cast, and crew of Terriers. This time out, we're talking to Michael Raymond James, who played Britt Pollock on the show. In this interview, we talk about how he came to Terriers, what it was like living and working with Donald Logue, his love of the cast and the show, and a whole lot more. So sit back and enjoy this interview with Michael Raymond James, Britt Pollock on Terriers. I am talking today with Michael Raymond James, who, if you don't know who that is, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast, but you should stick around anyway. It should be a good conversation. Michael, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me, Randy. Appreciate it. So I want to start with a question that I've kind of started everybody with, which is, can you tell me all about your, your memories, your thoughts on Terriers six years down the road? My memories and thoughts on Terriers, I don't even know where to start. I mean, if, if, if there's one job that I could have my choice of to be doing forever, it would be Terriers. It was such a perfect little 13-episode bubble that we got to exist in for six months that I wouldn't trade it for for anything really it was the most it was it was almost magic you know the way uh, the way it felt during production don't tell me about his side of the story from you getting the job I wonder if you could tell me sort of uh, how you remember coming to Terriers you know auditioning for the part getting the part all that kind of thing <laughs> yeah yeah I re- you know I remember going in I'd been sent the script and I read it and I just I so loved it immediately it was one of those things that really felt lived in and felt as if it was written for me you know even though it wasn't but but it it felt that way and Ted's words just really jumped off the page and I was so excited about it and I initially went in for you know bypassing some of the early audition stuff and went in to read with Donal for the first time and I remember seeing him there and I, I hadn't seen him in I don't know a couple of months maybe a year prior to that but we met on a on an episode of life and we just immediately fell into the reality that we're brothers in in some very real way and seeing him there my eyes just lit up you know and we <laughs> We shared a big hug, and as Donald likes to point out, there was sort of a, a, a sense in the room like, oh, dude, these guys <laughs> know each other, man. This is such a bummer. Just whatever, man. You know, but, uh, you know, and, and if that was the case for anybody in the room, I apologize. But it just felt incredibly comfortable right off the bat. What were your first impressions of, of Brit on the page, and what do you think you brought to the role that wasn't necessarily there at first? I don't know, man. I, you know, I, I don't. I don't know that I necessarily brought anything that wasn't already there. You know, I, I was just trying to keep in the spirit of what was on the page. Uh, certainly, my relationship with Donald. You know, our, our relationship collectively, I think, has a lot to do with the success or whatever of of the show. The fact that he and I get along so so well and so easily i think probably is a dynamic that had it might have been written in there but but also sort of mysteriously hard to pinpoint and it just sort of happened well sean ryan mentioned when i talked to him that there was a lot of hank and brit in you and donald but along with that did you do any research to get ready for that part no i didn't this wasn't a part that required a lot of research it just felt right it fit immediately you know the only thing i I remember having to do because there was a testing process after that initial audition uh, you know where you test for the studio and then you test for the network and there's several people there and then the studio brings a lot of people the network brings a lot of people and so it's almost a performance in front of an audience and uh, my hair was a little bit longer than it is in the show Uh, there was uh, a fear maybe that you know donald and i were maybe too much alike so uh, could there be something done 
to my look to sort of separate, you know, the, the lines of the characters. And Marnie Hockman, one of our producers, set up, you know, a visit for me to some some other show's hair department. I literally went into somebody's trailer, some hair department trailer on some other show. I don't remember what it was and, and got a haircut before the network test so that we could show that, you know, that I could indeed wear a different length of hair. <laughs> and it seemed to work out. When did you meet with Laura Allen the first time? Did you do chemistry chemistry tests with her or anything? Yeah, I did. That was, um, I can't remember if I had gotten a job or if I was still in the mix with a couple of other people. But yeah, I, I think it was the latter. I think I, you know, I hadn't been offered it exactly. But I, I do remember Laura coming in and, and we were actually paired together in a chemistry read. And she had a, a burn mark on her arm from a, uh, a curling iron accident earlier that day that <laughs> we spent the whole time sort of preparing. I was like, dude, what happened to your arm? And then, it, you know, we were just sort of chatting about that. And then we went straight into the test in front of all the network people. And, you know, I, I think that sort of that easy banter between us kind of helped inform our, our relationship. She's so easy to get along with and, and such a, a talented actor that it, it felt right. I don't, in fact, I don't think I read with any other girls for the Kitty part. I think it, her and I went in there and we read, and then that was that was it. Well, you guys had just an amazing relationship, both when it was sort of at its lightest, and then the more harrowing stuff that happened at the end was always so believable and yet heartbreaking, and that chemistry definitely came through, and I can see where that, that might have come together so quickly. Well, she's an incredible actor, you know, and, and so giving and has this incredibly nurturing presence that makes you feel safe and you feel not only willing to go to some heavy places, but, but also, you know, that she's going to bring her game so strong that you don't, you, you, you know, you don't want to be the weak leg on the table, you know? So, so you want to raise your game. I mean, you, you hear it in athletics a lot where players talk about wanting to play with good players. And, and this certainly applies to that in the same sort of respect, a good play raises everybody's game. And she's just dynamite, man. I love, I love Laura. Well, yeah, and you say that, it reminds me that the the whole show, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, is that there's like so many A-list players in there. You guys are all at the top of your game. Whenever you're interacting with someone like when you're playing with Rockman Dunbar, as Gustafson, you've got a different relationship than Hank had with him, but that relationship that you guys have was perfect. It's like the chemistry on the show was so great amongst all the other people. Was there anyone in particular that you really enjoyed working with that you wish you could have worked a little more with? I mean, besides everybody, obviously, but someone you would have liked to have gotten more time with? Yeah, the answer is everybody, you know, and and waking up in the same house and driving to work and, and getting able to chop up scenes together with one of my best friends, Donald, is just such a gift. And I, I would give anything to be able to do that forever. But but the same applies to everybody. Everybody was so great. You know, Dunbar and Jamie Dembo, Laura, Kim, you know, there's no chumps on the call sheet, man. And it, it was just, it was such a gift. You know, Rockman is so bespoke too. Like he's got this presence. Yeah, I know Donald mentioned it when he did this uh he talked about you know he's sort of got this weight in his shoes uh and it's it's uh, you know as long as i'm open and available to it you know rockman he would be sort of the engine in a lot of scenes we were in together because i'm sort of giving him a high status out of you know whatever fear base that was fear of discovery that hank and i are up to some sort of weird shenanigans or fear of discovery or 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 whatever it is as long as i'm open and available i sort of let him drive the scene and 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 he can he can really give you that you know that tingle in your spine of 
I'm not sure what that look meant, but it, it doesn't feel very good right now. And, and I'm at risk of being exposed. He, he's just, uh, he's a brilliant performer, uh, particularly in that way. Well, and there's that scene that you guys have where it's early on where he, he takes you aside and tells you that Hank is going to let you down. And that is such a different energy than you've played with Mark before in, the, in that scene. It was really interesting to watch that. Yeah, it's sort of that's that's where the rubber meets the road. The weight has really shifted at that point. You know, when he tells me that, it you know, the other shoe is dropped and it landed with a thud, you know. Going back to something you mentioned earlier was waking up in the same house and going to work with Donal. Talk to me a little bit about you guys deciding to move in together and how that all worked out. I know the bosses were a little nervous about it. <laughs> they were, man. It was it was funny because, you know, and, and maybe uh, rightfully so, uh, actors have earned this reputation of not being necessarily monuments to mental health. <laughs> And there was there was a sort of a fear that us working together 13, 14 hours a day on set and then coming home, we would just parrot each other like a couple of crazy cats. But we had to explain to them, like, no, dude, I've known this guy for a while. He's a brother. I love him. And, you know, it's going to be fine. The reality is it, it really paid dividends, I think, in terms of you get a call sheet at the end of each day, which which lists the work that is up for tomorrow. And so when we would wrap and, and get the call sheets for tomorrow's work, Donald and I would go home and we would just run lines with each other constantly, you know, and it didn't matter if it was a scene between he and I, we would run lines for scenes between myself and Laura or him and Kim and, uh, or him and Rockman or, or whatever the case may be. We would, we would each play the other character, you know? So when we came to work, we were ready to jam. I mean, it wasn't something that, that we, you know, the material, automatically was incredibly well written and easy to to play but having a chance to workshop it on our own at home is 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 really rare and was a was kind of a special gift and i think it really paid dividends in terms of our our preparation and our our you know readiness once we got to work i know that donald got hurt early on in the filming did that impact what you guys did as far as prep work or or as the production was going on it, was, <laughs> it, it, it it affected prep work in terms of me having to take off and put on shirts for him uh, <laughs> because his shoulder wouldn't. I mean, he was hurt pretty bad and I was really concerned just, you know, as a friend, uh, as a brother. I, it was I hated seeing him in pain. You know, Donald, we, we had this really weird sort of Dr. Seussian uh, house. It was a great house right on the beach, but it, I think the first floor was like 15 by 10 feet. And then the second floor was a lot bigger than that. And the third floor bigger than that. It sort of kept expanding as it went up. And Donald had the room on the, on the top floor that had this, sh <laughs> this shower built for 14. And, uh, you know, I, I stayed on this, this sort of pull out well, not sort of. It was a Murphy bed that, that would pull down from the wall. At the end of the night, laying down, going to sleep, like I, I could hear him. Uh, you know, he he's a particular sleeper, and and if, if he can't if he can't get comfortable, you know, he has to move around. And and every time he would move, I would I would occasionally hear these howls of pain, and it just it just broke my heart. But Dologue is a straight up stud and he's a gamer and despite the fact that he was in a, a tremendous amount of pain he still showed up to work every single day and and just crushed it 
hit it out of the park. And it didn't matter if it was a physical scene, you know, or a scene driving the truck, which when your shoulder doesn't work at all is incredibly painful. But he was able to gut it out. And I think I just I can't say enough about what a trooper the guy is, you know, on top of just being the funniest, most erudite, most compassionate, least judgmental person I've ever come across. Well, I wondered if the if the injury had impacted because we noticed in the show that Britt does a lot of the work. Hank comments on it. Noticed that Britt is the guy doing a lot of the physical work, and and Hank becomes the brains of the operation. But I wondered if that was on the page or if that became important later. I mean, you know, it may have been a you know an effect of the reality that Donald had a broken, busted, torn labrum. His shoulder was a mess. I mean, it. it it very well could have been that. That'd be a question, you know, uh, maybe for Ted or Tim or Sean. But I'm not sure the cause of it. But the, there's certainly a sense that Hank was the shot caller and, and Britt was the soldier. And it, it seemed to work, whether it was due to the fact that, uh, you know, he, he was he was hurting or or whether it was just a creative call. Well, it's interesting because Britt has introduced us as he's the ex-criminal, not the ex-cop. But in a lot of ways, I feel like he's the the most gentle and loyal of the group, at least the very first, at very the beginning of the series. Yeah, maybe I think Britt was a criminal most likely because he didn't know what to do with this sort of skill set that he had. And that was sort of the first thing that came to him. And and he had, uh, none of this is sort of explicitly written in the show, but I think the sense is that he had a pretty tough background uh, and maybe didn't have the sort of male influence in his life that that he coveted uh, and required. And and Hank sort of fills that role for him in in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure what else he, he, he could have done until, until he met Hank and was uh, was offered a break in terms of he was a good guy, a good kid, but he made some poor choices. Uh, and, and Hank offered him an opportunity to, to use his powers for good, so to speak. Well, and that leads me to a question, because Hank, we've seen throughout the series, is he can be kind of detrimental to people's lives. And he, he definitely uh, kind of hurts Brit to some extent with keeping secrets. But ultimately, do you think he's a positive or a negative influence on Brit's life? He's an overwhelmingly positive influence on Brit's life. The reality is that w- without Hank, you know, Brit could have very easily wound up doing a, a pretty long stretch in prison or dead, you know. So I, I, I think adding it all up, and as I told you before, I'm really bad at math, but I, I would say that, you know, in totality, that Hank was an incredibly positive influence on Brit. And Brit was he was definitely the soldier, the guy in the front lines, but he seemed to be having the most fun of his life in Pimp Daddy, where he got to play lead detective. Was that something you felt while you were filming it? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I had fun filming Pimp Daddy. I, I don't know if I put it into that context or not, but, you know, every day was a blast on Terriers, literally every single day. You know, working with Shangela uh, was was a lot of fun, and she was such a gamer and, and so funny. But I, I also remember being really excited about getting to actually drive the motorcycle in that episode. <laughs> I've been riding motorcycles most of my life, but never had a license for it, sort of like Britt and Hank. Uh, and Fox made me have to go get a motorcycle license in order to to ride the bike on on the show and so I did and once I did we never showed a scene of me riding the bike it was always <laughs> me getting on a parked bike or getting off the parked bike and and I kept saying you guys I went and did the whole course and I got the light like let me I want to I want to ride it for a little bit this was a fun little triumph and so finally on that one I got to and so that was a lot of fun that was it was one of the episodes I think where I probably asked for uh, another take more often than other ones you know 
Guys, can we just go one more, one more with the bike? And- <laughs> I I would have killed to have seen another episode with you and Shangela because it was it was so good. It was the chemistry you guys had was amazing, and you guys were so much fun. She was uh, she was a lot of fun to work with. But I was also uh, remembering that you went to Britco's kind of a dark place for the last three or four episodes. Can you talk a little about playing that, changing that energy to that extent? Yeah, it's funny. You know, I think before people actually sit down and invest some time in terriers there's a, a misconception that it's it's really kind of uh, you know bubble gummy or or not what is this show two dudes and a dog what <laughs> you know Dole and i would try to explain to you like it, it it gets pretty heavy and there's some pretty heavy things happening i mean really right off the bat with you know one of his really good friends gets murdered you know in the pilot and so while there is sort of that that comedic back and forth a la Ocean's Eleven or Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid or The Sting, which I know Ted is a huge fan of and obviously he wrote Ocean's Eleven. You know, there 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 is that component to it, but but there's also some pretty dark stuff that, that we have to deal with. And that, that kind of material is, is sort of in my wheelhouse. It's not something that I, I, I worry about performing it's it's available to me and you know so it, it wasn't a, a shift in dynamic that sent any jolt through me or anything like that and, and donald he's so receptive as an actor and also as a human being and no shred of judgment in his being makes it really play it again it feels safe but it it affords kind of a, a really colorful dynamic when you go through it it's, it's not black and white it's very murky and all sorts of shades of gray that really make those things come alive i think in a very real, real way yeah i definitely agree terrors is a lot of fun but it definitely will break your heart i mean it, it does it over and over again it's in a way that's enjoyable as a viewer but it's definitely going to break your heart along with making you laugh what was the most difficult scene you had to play in the series, if you remember? Was there one that you had a tougher time with, or that you just did you remember being like hard to get through? Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there are some difficult scenes to get through. You know, while Winston was humping my leg, and I'm trying <laughs> to have a conversation with Donald about something. Um, you know, I can't think of anything that was particularly difficult. You know, in terms of of shooting, I I know I I learned so much working on this show about myself as an actor, but also about acting in general, particularly when it comes to things like comedy. You know, I'm I'm really susceptible. I you know I like a good laugh, and I'm really susceptible when something's funny. I I I laugh, and so Donald and I would have these sort of uh, we would just try to bust each other up all the time on set while the cameras were rolling and having to learn how to navigate that because Donald's so incredibly funny and I, I would you know I would bust up like Jimmy Fallon on SNL sometimes <laughs> and, I, and I would I would have to I'd have to turn upstage or turn my face away from the camera and, and so learning how how to keep <laughs> keep you sort of this this bubbling well of laughter at bay and to keep charging forward was uh was was it the, you know it it took me a minute to come to terms with with how to do that and I'm so grateful that that I had the opportunity to learn about that so early on on the flip side of that is there a, do you have a favorite episode that you you remember working on or favorite moments from the series man i mean every single day was such a gift from getting the script to showing up on a location or at our stages there's really no one thing that jumps out in terms of that was that was my favorite. It was just six months of just absolute joy, uh, for lack of a better word. I mean, for, there is no better word. It was just six months of joy coming to work every day. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity. 
this one's a bit of a speculative question. I won't hold you to any answers, but uh, do you have any notions if if they were to go back, what you think Britt might be up to this, at this point? Well, I don't want to speculate too much on that in case there is a, a, a movie or, or, you know, but, it, you know, I, I know that having gone to prison is going to have some effect on Britt. And so there will be some change in him as a result of, of having gone through that. I'm not sure what that result will be, but I would give just about anything to uh, to read a script and, and, and find out. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Last question. Um, what uh, is there? Is there one any one thing you'd like fans of Terriers, people who might be listening to the podcast to know? You know, it's funny. I, I, I get asked a lot. Whenever somebody comes up and says, you know, uh, hey, I'm a, you know, I'm a fan, I'm a fan of your work or whatever, it, it, it feels, it's always, it's a nice feeling. It feels nice, but it's always coupled with this sort of spike in anxiety that I get for whatever weird reason. But whenever somebody comes up and says, hey, man, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Terriers, it's almost that anxiety sort of melts away and it's like I've met a friend. Uh, there's a like-mindedness there that 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 just sort of helps facilitate a conversation that that always makes me feel good. But whenever somebody does bring up terriers, I I find myself in in lengthy conversations with with strangers. And the most common question I get asked regarding terriers is whether or not Hank took me to jail. And I, I you know I'm all I'm I'm almost always sort of uh, uh, I understand where the question is coming from, but it is sort of curious to me because. Brit's whole arc is this march towards maturity and sometimes forced kicking and screaming march towards <laughs> maturity. But I, I think you can chart the, the arc of the character that way. And by the end, he's ready to make that mature choice. And that's why the, you know, the scene at the end with Laura where saying goodbye and, you know, giving her Winston, et cetera, it's not a tearful goodbye. It's Brit becoming a mature adult. And so, you know, that, that being the case, I, I, it's always sort of curious to me, but you know, uh, in terms of anybody still wondering, Britt absolutely 100% got <laughs> dropped off at jail by Hank. All right. Thank you very much for doing this interview with me today. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you being part of my favorite show of all time. Randy, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate the opportunity, man. Beach Cop Detectives is an independently run podcast co-produced by Randy Lander and Grant Davis from the TV Dudes and part of the Permanent Record Network. Music for this series includes the surf music tracks Happy and Whimsical by Paul Tyann. To hear more of his work, go to soundcloud.com slash Paul Artwork for the show is by Nate Bliss. You can find him at n8bliss-art.tumblr.com. You can like us on Facebook at Beach Cop Detectives and on Twitter at Beach Cop Podcast. You can hear weekly TV commentary by Randy and Grant at the TVDudes.com. Thanks for listening.